BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You are most likely never going to hear me shut up about Ilya because I love them so much. They are the OG of clean products. I'm sure you've seen their award-winning super serum skin tint. This product seriously brings my skin to life. It's the product that we all need this summer. There are a million SPFs out there, tinted SPFs, and this one is just honestly one of the best. It's SPF 40. It's beautiful coverage, like pretty, dewy, glowy, and loaded with skincare active. So it has actually improved my skin over time. Visit iliabeauty.com and use with wit at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's iliabeauty.com with code with wit for 15% off your order. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Welcome to With Wit. I have such an interesting and awesome episode for you today. I talked to Ashley Renard, who is the creator of the viral How to Keep Monogamy Hot video series. She's basically the Carrie Bradshaw for married people. And after sharing her story of rehabbing kind of a shabby marriage and her memoir swing, she now answers hundreds of requests from her audience each day on how they can improve their relationships. As a synchronized skating coach and choreographer, she spent over two decades fostering cooperation and teamwork for adolescent girls. Part coach, part storyteller, and part cooperation whisperer, Ashley has inspired millions of couples to radically reimagine the connection and joy available to them in their marriage. Her memoir, Swing, has been optioned as a streaming series, and Keeping It Hot with Ashley Renard, an unscripted marriage fixer-upper show, is also in development. She has so much going on, and during our conversation, we talked about her experience as a swinger, which was so interesting and different for me, how self-love informs the love that we need from others, talking about sex with our partners, making sure that we're communicating our needs, responsive desire versus spontaneous desire, and so much more. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode, and I hope it's fun and spicy and you enjoy it. 
All right, here it is. Okay, so you're originally from Canada. When did you move out here? I moved to the U.S. right after I graduated university in Canada. So summer 2002, I graduate from college, take a job in New Jersey, of all places. I like looked at the map and I was like, Trenton, that sounds pretty. It's sort of like (laughs) Triton from The Little Mermaid, right? And uh, I knew nothing about it. My potential employer flew me down. It was like 90 degrees in July. And I was like, oh my God, I think I'm moving to Florida. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved there and I met my husband two days later. So I was 21. He was 22. And actually our marriage just ended earlier this year. And that's why I moved into this beautiful house. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what was your first job and was it in this field? Like, was it in what you're doing now with couples coaching and it's like, yeah. How did this whole career path evolve? I have always been, I've done a lot of things and I have always focused my job around coaching and storytelling. So the job I first moved to the U.S. for, I was the assistant strength coach up at the Olympic Training Center in Canada for Team Canada Women's Volleyball. Yeah, I was a I was a competitive figure skater, right? But through my own study of exercise physiology, because that was my major, I started training other athletes off ice. So then there was this position that opened up at this private gym in New Jersey, and I took that job. Um, I met my husband there, and then I started coaching skating on the ice again. Started Philadelphia's first synchronized skating program. Oh my god, that's so cool! (laughs) What I always wanted to do was be a writer. So during the time, actually, wait, I had just tripled the size of my business. So I had 150 athletes on three teams and I had three little kids and I was homesteading, homeschooling while running my nonprofit full time. And it was during that time that we decided, oh, you know, we haven't had very much fun, like grown up fun for a long time. Like, how about we go to sex clubs? So that's why my book Swing is called A Memoir of Doing It All. It was like, you know, sort of like I I was the mom who had finished Pinterest. Totally. Like, my toddlers were growing their own vegetables. And I was like, okay, what's the next highest level of difficulty? Or what could like feel like a challenge or feel exciting? Okay. So you're like, you have this co- big career, you have kids, you're in this marriage and you're like, wait, everything is kind of day-to-day ordinary and you're like how can we spice things up and how can we yes, work on it ourselves was, it was yeah. like we'd been passing babies back and forth for yeah. a decade okay and I breastfed my babies for a long time you know as part of like the homesteading home birthing thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um I felt like really pulled in all of these directions and there was nothing that was bringing us together mm-hmm. you know we were like tag team parents and we did it pretty well but this was something just for the two of us just for fun You know, and as a parent and a business owner doing something that's frivolous and fun. Yeah. Sometimes you can go through periods of your life where it's like years and, you know, fun never gets to the top of the priority list. So that's what it was. That's so interesting. We we were really in a position where we thought, oh yeah, everybody would do this if they had the level of jealousy that we have, which was like really low, right? Okay. Okay. Very low as far as jealousy. Yeah. Um, You know, a little higher as far as like risk or adventure. Yeah. But really quickly, we realized that we had 
overestimated the strength of our marriage and uh-huh. underestimated the complexities of the swing lifestyle. So I say, oh, I'm the world's worst attempted swinger. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even get laid, Whitney. I fell in love immediately with the first man who told me I was smart Stop. and funny. Oh yeah, like I was like, it's like swing is the complete idiot's guide for what not to do in the swing lifestyle. That's but so funny. When I, when I had lived that experience, I thought we become a mom we just slap these expectations and label on ourselves, mm-hmm. labels on ourselves that maybe fit what we think the perfect mom is, maybe fit what our mom was. But then we have all of these expectations slapped on us by other people because everybody has a different experience growing up. Exactly. And, and even our spouse has a different idea about what it means to be a mom or to be a dad. Right. And so much of this is just running on autopilot, this conditioning. And I think that's why we miss each other in relationships a lot mm-hmm, of the time, because mm-hmm. I'm running my program and my husband was running his program mm-hmm. and we had never paused long enough or been willing to dig in to the discomfort to see where it where the programs weren't matching up. Right. You know, right. Where my expectations weren't matching with his or where the pressures that I was feeling as a mom didn't even cross his radar as far as things that he could help with or support me through. Um, And I think so so many of us just look at our perspective of the world and then we just assume everybody else has the same filter. Totally. Totally. Or we forget, we forget that other people don't have the same filter. Like you're kind of on autopilot that you assume that everybody is looking at the world the same way that you are. Like you're not even conscious that you're not thinking about what it feels like to be in their position. Yeah, absolutely. And now a quick ad break. All right. So I'm raving about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls again because I love them and I feel like, oh my gosh, we're already into fall and then soon enough we'll be into Thanksgiving. And they're just a great essential item to have on the side for kids. And they're a great canvas for healthy things. So we've been having fun getting creative with lots of different filling combos. And there's just cute ideas, dinner ideas that kids are actually excited about eating and that also take a super quick time. With Pillsbury Crescents, dinner recipes are prepped in 30 minutes or less and weeknight recipes are as easy as roll fill, bake. Pillsbury Crescents offer such a quick and easy spin on weeknight cooking and the possibilities are seriously endless. Okay. Like whatever your kid loves, do they want tomato sauce and cheese for like a pizza crescent situation? Do they want to fill it with a peanut butter, banana, chocolate chip thing for more of like a savory protein snack situation. Basically just roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and it will be amazing. Also like a turkey and cheese situation is good. The turkey and cheese situation is great because you can make it really quickly and it's a good little snack for the kids because sometimes a turkey sandwich is like overwhelming, but the little Pillsbury crescent rolls with the bite-sized turkey and cheese is great. Also some vegetarian options like thinking a caramelized onion and brie situation would be good. And I was also thinking some little crescents wrapped around asparagus spears with cheese would be cute. Oh, And then, okay, I know I talked about like a chocolate chip and a banana and a peanut butter situation, but maybe like a Nutella and a banana or a jam and brie. So good. You can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle and please share with me if you have any winning combos of your own. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at Pillsbury.com. Okay, back to Ashley. So you did this 
swingers club like first of all how did that was that your idea to bring to the relationship like did you do research like what prompted the idea to do this well we had talked about the possibility of sex clubs since we were engaged so back in 2004 we went to our first club okay we're just like little babies right we're like in our early 20s we're probably the youngest people at the club when we walk in yeah and it's packed and we have like we have the best night of our lives yeah. and we don't, we don't hook up with anybody else, but we do our own thing, but we have sex in the corner of the club and people are watching and we're watching other people. And I was like, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. This is like even legal that you can do this. Like it was incredible for us because we weren't club goers. We were like very responsible. Right. Right. Adults, right, right. Out of, Just right to out put of yourself in this like totally different environment. Yeah. yeah. And then the club got shut down. Like two weeks later, we were watching the evening news and it's like local sex club shut down for L and I violations. And we're like, Oh my God, it can't be, but it was, it was our club. So then we just went like, okay, plan B, let's just be responsible adults. And we got married and we had a baby and a baby and another baby. And we built our careers. And then when we got to the point where our youngest was old enough to have sleepovers with the other two yeah. the grandparents who were yeah. like, okay, we have a little bit of freedom. And we had always kind of talked about, yeah, maybe we would do this again when we are in a position where we could. So we just Googled like swinger sex club and every city in the world has clubs okay. and every club we've been to in the world, because we've been up and down the East coast, we've been to Europe and we've gone to clubs. Every club is packed with, every club is packed with me, every club. As soon as we opened this door, I realized, wow, there is so much I am longing for in like my marriage you and in my life. In. Uh-huh. I, I was just like, I wanted to be wanted uh-huh. in, a, in a way that like with my husband's personality and his conditioning, he was raised Greek Orthodox. Yeah. It was just not something that I ever really, really got. Mm-hmm. And the book Swing is about, you know, our, our funny misadventures in the swing lifestyle. And then me dialing it way back and taking a good look at, wow, how many places in my life do I really hope that something else is going to fill that deep, deep hole need that I have mm-hmm. to feel accomplished, to feel smart, to mm-hmm. feel loved, mm-hmm. right? Fill in the blank. And I think you know, a lot of women can relate to that and men too. actually swing thousands and thousands of men have read the book and brought it into their marriages as a self-help book because they really feel seen in the pages as well. Right. right. And dialing it way back and, and saying, okay, wait a minute, there are all of these things I could reach out for, for a quick fix, whether it's business wise, right. Which, okay. Which feels better, right? When you're going for like a big win in business, right? that feels like there isn't like any sort of stigma when it comes to that. There's no like personal stigma or labeling when it comes to that. You know, it's a totally different genre. I yeah, don't it's even a know. totally different thing than yeah. like trying to hook up with someone else or develop a relationship with another couple or another person. Right, right. But I realized there were so many core similarities Interesting. And the striving I would do as a mother, the striving mm-hmm. I would do as a business owner, mm-hmm. the striving mm-hmm. I would do to get this attention and love through physicality and intimacy. Yeah. Like there are certain things about us that are just like 
how we are that then get filtered into like everything that we do and all of our roles, right? Like after the swinging, did you realize that it wasn't the swinging that was going to solve your problems? It was like the deeply rooted issues or things that you guys could not get on the same page about. That's Absolutely. what it was, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it started even before that because the swinging wasn't going to be the fix and it wasn't going to be the relationship killer. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't going to be either of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you think it was going to be the fix when you went into it? When we went into it, I was really, I had pushed down my needs pretty far. So maybe you didn't I even know really, that you needed fixing. Yeah. I did not even know that we needed fixing. I really mm-hmm. had this chip on my shoulder. Like, look at us. We're doing so well in our careers. Look, we have like these incredible children. Oh, And we can also do this. But then all of a sudden I realized, oh, wow, I have this like gaping hole in my heart where I would love a man to appreciate me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I had filled up in different ways. Yeah. That makes sense. So what I did was I started giving to myself what I really wanted from my husband. And the first thing I started doing was writing myself love letters. I promised Mm -hmm. myself I was going to write love letters to myself every day for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could just be something short. It could just be like, you know, you look great today. You look yeah. cute, whatever. It evolved really quickly to then writing love letters to myself from my husband, like what I wish he would say to me, Aww. writing love letters to myself from my kids. If I had uh-huh. like blown up at breakfast and then apologized and I'm like, do they know that like that was about the work email and uh-huh. not about them? It would be like, uh-huh. Hey mommy. Yeah. I know you were upset at breakfast because you were stressed about work. Yes. I heard you. It wasn't your, I know that you're not mad at me. Right. Maybe you should stop checking work emails in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Um, I even, I even used it for colleagues or coworkers who I wor- wasn't getting along with skating parents who were giving me a really hard time about the way I was guiding their ch- child. Like I okay, just, so you were just making up responses basically from them to you being like, I understand. Right. Calming, calming my nervous system, okay. taking my full responsibility for the situation off the hook for a minute. Like just being uh-huh. like, okay, wait a minute. What if things were okay? What if they actually understood? What if they were calmer? What if I could just focus on how I feel about this and then decide how I'm going to respond? So in a lot of situations, I still had to reach out to the other people and like, you know, try to smooth over a situation or try to talk to them. But this exercise really allowed me to do that from a calmer, more grounded place instead of um, kind of hedging and wondering how they would react. Like my Mm. anxiety was down so then I could communicate more clearly. And then after after about six months of this, I was at a better place and was able to really clearly see that, okay, maybe we have gone as far as we can in this relationship. Or maybe it's not me that's the problem. Like I'm now, yeah, like I, I've worked so hard on myself to be this like, Right. Yes. Like, right. I wasn't blaming myself anymore, Whitney. Yes, I wasn't blaming thinking, yourself exactly. anymore. I wasn't right. blaming myself. So I thought, okay. Right. Instead of thinking, wow, divorce would be so awful for my kids. How could I do that mm-hmm. when I have a husband who's pretty nice and he's mm-hmm. a hands-on dad and there are all of these things that, you know, the outside world would not understand. Right. Well, the check the boxes. Yeah. Exactly. Check the motherfucking boxes, right? <laughs> yeah. So many people stay in a life they're not satisfied with because they're checking the motherfucking boxes and they're mm-hmm. not even their own boxes. They're not even their own boxes. They're like, what other people should, what other people say should be good enough for you. 
-hmm. what other people Mm -hmm. say should be good enough for you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of us stay in, in lives that are dissatisfying, stay in relationships that aren't nurturing, you know, stay in jobs or like, you know, keep ourselves small because we're worried someone else is going to have a reaction if we really step into our passion and the work we're supposed or to do. Or our power, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I had come to terms with the fact that, okay, maybe this isn't all my fault. Maybe this isn't all my responsibility. And maybe us splitting up would be the next best step for our own evolution as people because we're, we were having trouble growing together. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. it would be the best thing for our kids. So this was a couple of years after the swing misadventures. Okay. And because I was in a better place, my husband actually heard me in a way that he hadn't before. It was like my voice was unmuted. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because I think that you had done the reflection and were working on yourself. And I think he could feel the integrity. Integrity has resonance. When somebody speaks to you from a place of integrity, you know what they're saying is true. You can't even try to convince yourself they don't mean it because, like, you just feel it in your bones that they mean it. And that is when he started doing the work. And I was a little annoyed because I was ready to walk out the door then. But he really did start shifting. So the last few years of our marriage were actually the very best years that we have ever had in our marriage, which I'm really grateful for because in a lot of ways, it was like a reverse love story. Like we were able to love each other more at the end than we could at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then probably be better off now separated because of that time that you had before. it. Absolutely. Because we had so many years of pretty solid communication. We still had places like glass ceilings, right? That like we could not break through. through. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, so we'd go around them and like, we Mm -hmm. still, and we would admit to each other and our kids when there was like, when we were at an impasse. Yeah. And I think that's really important being like, yeah, this is something that your dad and I have never agreed on. Like we keep revisiting this, but we can't like really get anywhere with it. I think that that shows kids um, how communication really works, that it's not a straight line, right? It's not linear. And that not everybody is going to agree with you and that, yeah. And that you, how, how to be heard and how you communicate and how you voice that is so important. I think it, it, yeah, you don't want to shield them from everything too. You know, I was, I was listening to something on the Instagram the other day. It said like, our job is not to keep our kids just like happy all the time. Like that's pretty much on them. Like we need to keep them like nourished and safe and comfortable, but like, and loved, but keeping them happy, like they need to learn what actually makes them happy and how to communicate that. And I think that this is a similar thing. Holding space for his feelings and providing Mm -hmm. a safe, loving environment is so different from trying to make him happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and like, I'm moving my hands around like this. Anytime we're trying to make someone happy, we are really trying to manipulate energy or we're trying to manipulate what's going on in the room, trying to manipulate their mood. And you know, when you're doing it for a toddler, trying to distract them or whatever, like it's really obvious, right? But we do that in our marriages too. Yeah. We do that in our marriages too. We try to manipulate yeah. the energy to maybe get the answer that we want mm-hmm. um, or try to, you know, wait and time things so it's more favorable. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's really such a song and dance and it's really, it holds us apart from our own integrity all the time. Um, so the no, thing so that yeah. became the hardest for me was actually 
when our marriage got better, it, it got much easier for me to parent the way I really wanted to. And we have three boys. And then last year, our oldest, who's almost 16 now, when he was 15, he was he got taller than me and he entered high school. Okay. And I felt a shift in our family dynamic that I had not been expecting. But when it happened, I was like, holy fuck, that's what the problem has been. I felt this shift in my placement on the family totem pole, Whitney. I felt this shift in our 15-year-old now getting the airtime and the consideration and the respect and being able to influence my husband and have my husband listen and prioritize Uh, what he was saying uh, in a way that I still didn't get. uh, In a way that my soon-to-be ex would say, what you're asking from me is just not part of my personality. Like I just, but it is because it's a different kind of love, yeah. right? A different kind yeah. of respect and a different kind of consideration, yeah. and a different kind of expectation for whether that person's happiness could be satiated or not. Right. A real idea of the patriarchy and an idea that's pushed down through misogyny by women and men is that women will never be happy or women are too emotional or women are insatiable or, Mm -hmm. or, or you do something, you know, it'll make her happy for a bit, but then not. And it really, really discounts the very real emotional needs that every human has. Mm -hmm. And the things that we can rightfully expect from our partners. Right. And it's such a slip. It's such a fine line between like, what is my personal responsibility and what could I actually expect from my partner? Well, that's the hard thing is like knowing what is your own thing, like what you shouldn't expect versus actual real expectations. In my DMs that I answer every day and people who reply to my emails, readers of the book who then contact me and in my own life, I I have dialed up the awareness on, okay, what is my responsibility Uh And then what can I expect from my kids? What can I expect from my co-parent? What can I expect from friends, right? Uh Can you name some of those things? Yeah. So listening, consideration, willingness to be influenced, I think is one of the things that we should expect from our partners. So, So a willingness to be influenced would be being open to having your mind changed by your partner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not being stubborn. And this is something, this is something that I teach my kids all the time. And because I worked with teenagers for so long, I love having my mind changed by kids. I love my kids telling me something. It's learning. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's growth mindset. It's growth mindset, Whitney. And whatever we're going through, whether it's business, whether it's health stuff, whether it's parenting, whether it's, you know, caring for aging parents or whatever we're going through. Or if you're going to sex clubs, if you do not have a growth mindset with your partner, it is going to be such a struggle. Like think about marriages that crumble or the big issues that occur when people are doing a house renovation, right? Right. right, right. Like it doesn't matter when you are putting yourself in a situation that could be stressful, but there are going to be benefits, right? Like when you're going through any sort of challenge, either one you chose or one that was kind of dropped in your lap. Growth mindset is the biggest thing that I think will impact the health of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men have growth mindset when it comes to the bedroom. That's why I have the followers and the audience that I have on social media, Mm -hmm. because 
my most viral video series is how to keep monogamy hot. Okay. Okay. And people don't share my hot monogamy tips on their stories or their feeds. They're their videos just using are it. Yeah. They're shared thousands of times one-to-one. In 30 <laughs> seconds, you're going to have something you can try like today. Okay. And now a quick ad break. Okay, so whether you're searching for an iconic handbag, the latest sneaker drop, or your next piece of timeless jewelry, eBay authenticators are there to protect buyers from fakes. So eBay's authenticators are experts in their craft, and they are there to ensure that you'll be getting exactly what you paid for. Any purchase backed by authenticity guarantee is sent to an authentication team of experts who personally inspect the item, checks it against every detail in the listing, and authenticates it. They'll also create custom documentation to certify that the item has been officially authenticated. The service currently covers items across sneakers, watches, handbags, jewelry, and streetwear fashion categories. Finding authentic vintage pieces on eBay feels like such a thrill to me. I love shopping for vintage and eBay obviously has so much selection. They have the funkiest jewelry and handbags, antique furniture. They just get my style. But with all the scams out there, I've gotten more nervous about buying these special items online and just not knowing if I'll ever get them or if they're real or what they look like in the picture. So knowing that there are real people behind it who are all passionate about quality and double checking every item makes me feel way more confident about shopping online. So go ahead, get that piece you've been daydreaming about and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of an eBay authenticator to make sure that every detail is genuine. Never get faked out again. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Back to Ashley. I want to dig into some of those because I'm obviously like in a monogamous relationship. I'm so happy. Love him, like love him dearly, but would love like totally down to explore more, you know, like there's always more to learn. There's always more pleasure to be had, like no matter how happy you are. And so what are some of those, like, tell me some of the content of those videos. The one thing that I suggest to couples is to make a quickie dream set list, like a quick, like a quickie must have. If you have 20 or 30 minutes to have sex, what are the things that you want? And what are the things your partner wants? Do you want nipple play? Do you want them to kiss your neck? Do you want dirty talk? Do you want to pull out a toy? Do you want oral? Do you want this? And so you just put like, you know, like maybe three or four little things that you would want. Right. Like a little wish list. And compare that with your partner to, to your partners. And that exercise just there, people's minds are blown when they can only pick their top four. Yeah. And then their partner gets to see, Oh, so if you, if, if that's, if we could only do this, those are the things you want. It's eye opening because yeah. in the moment, quite often people don't feel right asking. It's a lot of people don't even talk about sex outside the bedroom. With I, know, me. No, no, that's, I can't yeah, believe it. Right. I know. I know. We, I know. I mean, we'll have like little talks about it afterwards, but mostly like, just like, that was awesome. Like, high five. I, love, I, know, I like to like high five not, across the bed yeah. too. I'm an athlete. I was like, it was a personal best. but I think like we're I think we're like pretty communicative but I um but I do I would like to know that like I think that I I could guess probably but like I would like to know exactly those top four don't guess focus more on you like dial in on like no really what would you want and then think and be like okay wait a minute what would it be and then 
I love for couples to make, like, if you had two hours to have sex, what would you want? Would you want a massage? Would you want a sauna? Mm-hmm. Would you want, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> what, what is it that you would want together? Um, and then, you know, you can really see what parts of giving and receiving really are things that your partner loves, you know, and this brings up a lot of conversations for people because there are sometimes things that, you know, there are a lot of people who love giving oral mm-hmm. and there's an equal number of people who can't believe that their partner really likes giving it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So really getting clear on it's a reciprocity. A believing that. Yeah. yeah. And the believing, mm-hmm. like being mm-hmm. honest and then believing what your partner says. That's the thing that that allowing yourself to believe it, even though they're going to be to be totally vulnerable and actually believe that's yeah, because that is one of the biggest things. It's not that your partner is not telling you the truth. It's that you won't actually believe what they're saying to be true. And I think one of Mm -hmm. the things, if you want to have a relationship that's based in integrity, when your partner tells you something, act as though you believe it, like act like that, what they said was true. You know what I mean? Right. And then it's a great, it's a great litmus test even for them. Because if you act like what they told you was true and that that is is really their desire and you act in or outside the bedroom and you do act mm-hmm. from that place, then that gives them the chance to check and go, wait a minute. Okay. I know I asked you for that, but wow. Yeah. I, is this like what I, I, I really want? I don't want. know. And, and it's okay. It's not about being mm-hmm. right or wrong. I consider it a recalibration, like constantly totally. recalibrating it's just like- to like, how can mm-hmm. I really love you the way you want to be loved? And how can I mm-hmm. open myself up to being loved the way I want to be loved? And mm-hmm. and what do we each need to do separately in order to then come together in a way where like we are overflowing in a way that we have something to give to each other? Yes. Yes. I love that. It feels like also just being more mindful about these moments that you have together and not just looking at them as just like a part of the relationship or just like checking them off the list, like really actually making, looking at at this time together, this intimate time together as an actual priority that's worthy of more than just like, oh, we have 10 minutes. Let's Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. coming together with intention. That's what it is. Yes. It's, it's making, yes. it's making your physical relationship much more intentional. And that's what, totally. that's what all my keeping it hot content is about. Like the videos, I have these after dark workshops where I have tantric practitioners and sex therapists come in and do like, like one is called oral and manual for him. And it's not explicit Mm -hmm. or anything. Like they have like a toy, like a glass dildo. And they're like, okay, these are the different ways that you could move your hand. These are the different ways that you could Mm -hmm. move your mouth to make your mouth less tired. And, you know, ask Mm -hmm. your partner, what do they, do they like it this direction or that direction? And then there's a guided pleasure practice in it. Where, where they say, okay, now lay back, you know, lube up your hands, rub your partner's back. And it's this way, okay. like a date night in, it's this way that couples can have things introduced by this neutral professional mm-hmm. source and try totally. things. So they, it takes out the, like having to ask or feel weird if you don't know how to explain it, or it just like, mm-hmm, it is, mm-hmm. it just opens things up 
for couples. Totally. Right. Because one person may not want the responsibility of like creating this scenario, you know? I mean, it's, like, a lo- it's a lot. It's a when lot you're of trying pressure. To, it's a lot yeah. of pressure to try to please your partner and do a good job and ask for what you want. And I make mean, things sexy and like have a script and like that's a lot. Right, a lot. Yeah. right. And and there are even some like intro to dirty talk, intro to kink type things. Like, yeah. you know, like using like different, like a spoon and a little fork and a comb Just, like, like on the skin and a feather, like to just explore these different kinds of sensation on your skin and like what's a turn on and what's a turn off. Yeah. Because just as important or more important, and Emily Nagowski wrote about this in Come As You Are, to know what turns you on, you need to know what turns you off, right? It's like Mm -hmm. accelerator and brakes. So for Mm -hmm. me, like if if my partner's going down on me, um, because I am dating now. Oh my God. Good for you. I know. I know. It took took a few months, and then I was like, I, I moved out five months ago, and I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready okay. now. Okay. Um, so this has been interesting, but to know, like, okay, you know, if 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 your partner's going down on you and it feels good, like there may be things that they do that feel really good and get you closer mm-hmm. to climaxing, and then there are things they maybe do with their mouth that's like a little harder, or like they move your legs or something, and that may take you further away. Like right. getting really close, like getting really clear on. These are the things that keep me moving in the right direction to climax. Totally. And then, then when you guys are clear with that, then you can like, you can edge away from orgasm, right? With and like have more fun. And, and yeah, have exactly. more fun. But unless you know what the straight path is to the orgasm, you don't have a lot of variation with like getting close and then switching to something else. <laughs> Because that's where the fun really comes. So when true. And like the real intimacy. Yeah. The real, the real intimacy and really getting yeah. each other to that heightened state. Yeah. And then coming back. I mean, that's where the vulnerability is. And there's so much surrender in it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where we have such an incredible opportunity with physical intimacy. And like I was an athlete and a coach, like a sports coach. But I just really, I really love talking about stigmatized and like taboo things, right? Yes, yes. And then shared my own stories about, you know, our sexual adventures and misadventures. And <sighs> Swing has some really sexy scenes that a lot of couples just love reading those sexy scenes together or separately. And then like, you know, just taking that like inspiration. Of course. Um, it's and like- that's, that's one of the things that I suggest to people too, especially women who like, do you know the terms responsive desire and spontaneous desire? No. Okay. So people who have spontaneous desire will be like, just like horny out of the blue. Yeah. Okay. And then people with responsive desire or when you have responsive desire, like you may not be in the mood, but like if you get started and like start you kissing could. or start, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you get in the mood and both yeah. are great and both are totally fine. A lot of times in heterosexual relationships, women experience less spontaneous desire. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I don't think it's physiological at all. I think it's really more conditioned and like the million things in the house that women think that like they should be on top of before they can have any pleasure or leisure. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. women think of sex, women quite often, quite often think of sex as like a task. Well, a a task because it seems like a need, a physical need of their husbands, right? Yeah, yeah. That they need to, that it's like another thing around the house that only they're needed for. And here's the thing. 
I think in most marriages, there's the assumption that the male partner will probably masturbate on on his own at mm-hmm. some point during mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there, there, there are a couple times a week, right, where it's like, oh, I need you now for this. Yes, yeah, right. Yes. And it's like, it, it, okay, I want to invite couples to consider that sex is not a physical need for anyone. It is not a physical need for anyone. It is an emotional need. You want to feel close. You want to feel desired. You want to feel loved. You want to feel satisfied. You want to have this excitement with your partner. Okay, you want to you want to have this close proximity to them. None of that is required for survival. I mean, procreation, yes, but like not for like daily needs, Need. right? Yeah, totally. So let's let's just treat it what let's just call it what it is. It's an emotional need. Mm-hmm. So but in a lot of situations, the man considers it a physical need like food right. and the woman will put her emotional needs to the side and be like, oh, I need to, I need to it's a physical this task. Right, right. right. But right. no, 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 this is no. Just it's just like, like a biology it, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, not. I, no, I want everyone, if they want to have more satisfying sex to say to themselves, okay, is this a relationship where we get our emotional needs met? Mm-hmm. Is it? Okay, is this a relationship where we try to understand each other's emotional needs and try to support each other's emotional needs as partners? Is it mm-hmm. or is it not? Mm-hmm. Because if it is, then then we have to put all the emotional needs on the table. Right. Go, okay, what are we going to do about me not feeling heard? What are we going to do about me not feeling supported? Yeah. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? And then what it are we gonna all do is sex? related to it's all the same fucking thing. It all but, is the same thing. But yeah. in 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 heterosexual relationships and in patriarchy, mm-hmm. you know, people would say, oh, no, no, men, men need sex. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really convenient for men. Right. <laughs> and it's not true. It's not true. They need it and just as much as we need it. It's not. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. We, we all we all we need all, it and we all don't need it. It's all it's, like, right? right. It's it's not even a need. It's like we all just crave it. Like we all crave closeness. We, we all, all crave, crave love. Yeah. We all crave passion. We mm-hmm. all want to be desired. Okay. And there are different ways that all of us feel that way. But if you're going to be having sex in your relationship, then like, I would say that you have to have a very high awareness of your partner's emotional needs. Uh, 100%. And, right. And so then it gets taken off the thing as task. And it's like, oh no, no, this is something that we do to connect and love each other. Just right. like when when we listen to each other after a stressful day, just like when, you know, we bounce ideas off each other before we go into a hard meeting or whatever it is. Just like, you know, when we when we will tag out when the toddler is freaking out and we don't right. have the patience anymore the and we say right. Right. And your partner, like hopefully it's some a situation where your partner would come in and go, babe. Let me take this now. You go, you go chill, right? Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. without even asking, like mm-hmm. if we could get to that, like point, understanding your needs, all it is, yeah. it's, all, it's all it is and being able to communicate them. Yeah. Yes. And then having the, a partner who agrees that part of your commitment being together is to support each other in getting your emotional and your physical and your financial and all of your needs met mm-hmm. that you you came together because you thought life was going to be better mm-hmm. as two, mm-hmm. right? You thought was going to be life was going to be better as a couple. Mm-hmm. So just putting that all on the table for how you can really support each other. Right. That makes so much sense when you put it that way. This has been so fun and I want to hang out with you. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I, tell, I, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find Swing and then find you and just learn all about what you do. Yeah. Okay. So Swing is available everywhere books are sold. And I narrate the audiobook, which That's is fine. on Audible. I'm going is... to I'm gonna listen to that. I need a new book to start. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I want something fun and light. I can't it is, like... It is fun and it is funny and it's sexy and it's funny and sexy enough to take you into the hard truths of mm-hmm. the kind of in, the kind of work you need to do to have a relationship of integrity mm-hmm. with yourself or the people you love. Totally. Right? Yeah. So it's like it balances both. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the last half of the book is like, okay, wow, now we're really getting into the work of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find me on Instagram or TikTok or any of the places, Ashley Renard, and it's Ashley with all the extra letters. Yeah. A S A. L-E-I-G-H. Renard. R-E-N-A-R-D. Um, yeah. That. And come say hi. Send me a DM. Tell me that you heard me on Wit's podcast. Yeah. Um, I would love to chat with you. But yeah, check out Swing. It will not turn you into a swinger. I assure you. It I mean, I'm swinger. <laughs> if anybody thinks that that would happen, then like but yeah. I don't know what they're afraid of. I don't know. No, already- I know. I, I mean, I think that like. I, for me, I'm interested to hear about it. Like, I think it sounds fun Mm -hmm. and interesting. And I just want to know more about like every person out there. Do I think it is for me? Probably not because I am a really jealous person, you know, and like, I have to, I'm, I'm in tune with that. Like, I don't, I I don't like when Timmy goes out of town, like with the, not that he he goes out of town ever (laughs) anymore, but like, you don't like it. Like they're right. Yeah. Like I, I don't like that part. So maybe it's not for me, but that's okay. I can still learn how. Yeah, go ahead. And even, even with reading the book and seeing what triggers your jealousy in the book. Yeah. And you could say, help me figure out why I'm like, exactly, exactly. Cause that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with being jealous, but understanding what the fear is underneath that is Uh the thing that then is going to help you. Very interesting. Oh my God. Ashley with all the letters. Um, Ashley with all the letters. Uh, Ashley, that's so funny. Um, you're amazing. We'll keep in touch. And I'm going to read your book. I'm going to listen to it on Audible. I'm going to buy it right now. And I'm yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Okay, amazing. Thank you for having me on with. Of course. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.